0: hi everyone and welcome to episode 148 of the mighty whites podcast as always i'm jack joined by kc hello how's things mate all good
1: yeah all good really fantastic good. we'll, we'll yeah. go for europe now
0: <laughs> yeah we've we well what are we we're same number of points away from villa as we are from relegation zone and villa said they were chasing europe i'm sure that's how maths works i'm sure that means we're still in the fight <laughs> no i must have it uh that was really something I couldn't help looking up at Sky Sports, thinking about the wire connecting us to the game, and thinking, How can one little insulated wire bring so much happiness? <laughs> <laughs> I did a Simpsons quote last time and we won, so I'm gonna keep doing it. Uh, yeah, we'll get straight into it. Wolves two, Leeds three. How was that then? <laughs>
1: um. It, it's basically two different games, isn't it? Really? <laughs> do you want to do you want to
0: do it chronologically?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think we sort of have to. Right. Well, no, it's three okay. games because the sort of pre Bamford injury, post Bamford injury, and post Red Card. Yeah, those are those are the times. Yeah. So
0: yeah, well, in that case, we'll start with pre Bamford injury. Uh, I thought we started all right.
1: Yeah, pretty lively. Had a couple of nice attacks, moving the ball fairly well. Um, we've got the, you know, the, the, I think the first real chance is when Willie Bolly hits a lariato on Jack Harrison, and the yeah. game is played on despite the fact Jack is now headless. Mm. Um, and we go through and uh, I James, James with the the low cross that Rodrigo beats Jose Sata, but pokes it wide.
0: Yeah, you see, honestly, so much stuff happened in that game that I don't... I Once you said it, I remember that chance. The first one I remember is that massive chance for Bamford. Yeah. Where he, uh you know, we do exactly... Again, it was ailing wasn't it, that stepped up, won the ball, mm. found him. And he's got quite a lot of room and then just... I think he actually does the right thing by going for the near post because Sa had overcommitted
1: to that side. Yeah. It's, it's just a terrible strike.
0: Yeah, he just misses it. Um but yeah, we were we were pretty good and watching the game, I was I was pretty content with how we were played. And then
1: the and curse. A lofted pass that I'm fairly certain Bamford would have been offside for. Yeah. And it looks like he it looks like he he has an awkward landing when he brings the ball down, doesn't he? I, I think that kind of
0: yeah, my immediate fear, was because he was stretching for it and then just pulled up, my immediate fear was, fuck, his hamstring's gone again. Mm. But it does appear that that isn't the case.
1: Yeah, it's the rest of him that's fucked now.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's fair to say that that would be the start of the curse. So Bamford off injured. On To, me- to most people's surprise, even though physically he does sort of fit what marsh wants in that role but sam greenwood comes on which i think suggests that Joe gelhart's back injury is a bit more was a bit tougher than they were letting on
1: there's basically a third of our subs bench that wasn't really in a position to be playing
0: no they were there for vibes weren't they <laughs> cooper phillips gelhart vibes
1: yeah um <laughs> So yeah, and we just had nothing after that. We, we, we it it shows how influential Bamford is on our team. Because um, yeah, because for the rest of the first half, we were
0: pretty dreadful.
1: Yeah, we, we created very little. We we struggled in possession. Um, I, I can't really remember too many times we we got at their defense after that. No. So
0: Greenwood on that's twenty-third minute, twenty-sixth minute. Uh they get the ball in the midfield. Uh at this point for them, Neves has gone because they did do the thing that we talked about on the podcast once Neto was injured. If they played Dendonka, went five three two and played a little bit more narrow. I actually think that this was more the problem than Bamford going off. Mm. Uh I was scared of them out wide. When Neves went off, they brought on Trincao and stopped being five three two and went five two three. So they had wing-backs and wingers. And we play narrow. And all of a sudden, all of the trouble in the world. Uh, Yeah, ball in behind Dallas for Trinkow. For God knows what reason, just as he's about to pass that ball, Stuart Dallas sprints forward four yards. I mean, I assume he's trying to play offside, but all he succeeds in doing is running himself completely out of position.
1: Yeah, he's out of position and... It's either cock or Urente. I think is is probably a yard or two behind anyway. So he's well, been on either went, way.
0: It won't be cock at that point because he isn't on yet.
1: That's oh, sorry I think so. Uh, I think on the right side so it'll have been Urente. I think on, on sort of the.
0: He, I think he's the one that's because one of them was like a couple of yards deeper. One of them, yeah, the rest of them. But uh, yeah, it was for a long time to be stepping up anyway. Uh, Trinkow runs in behind. Good pullback for Johnny Otto who. I believe he's left-footed. Uh, but he played right-wing back and he's obviously very two-footed because he just looked like a right-footed player the entire time. Um, this was a really good finish, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it was such a... Exactly the sort of goal that you're worried about as conceding. Other than it didn't come from a cross-field ball, it came from a ball down the line.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I felt like Llorente's choice to sort of neither go across the ball or stick with with Otto was was poor. Because like, mm. he seems to be with him and then he sort of drops off another yard or two.
0: It was a bit uh, like what Robin Cock did. In, it was in a different way because of the way that he was facing. But Cock did that against knowledge, didn't he? He didn't go for the ball or the man. He just sort of did neither. Yeah. And kind of did that.
1: Yeah. And then once once Otto get gets the ball sort of just inside the penalty area, is about two or three yards off him. So he, he's not getting a gives him the time to just shape for the shot and put it in the corner.
0: Yeah. It was another one for a, a theory that I saw John McKenzie posit on Twitter, which was he has a theory that every goal leads concede, Yuente ends up on the floor. And he definitely ended up on the floor for this one. Mm. Uh, I, can't, I, I don't think he did for the second one, but it seemed to be a lot. Every single one does seem to come from a wide area, though. Uh, so, yeah, that's 26 minutes. We're not really in the game. Then 40th minute, Juventus goes off with what seems to be a back injury. Didn't yep. really see what happened.
1: No, he just, he's just joked it up. they mentioned it on commentary about two minutes before, but I didn't really see anything to do with it. Um but yeah he just goes off holding his back. Um yeah, so who was who he replaced by? Was he-, he he was replaced by Robin Cock. Yeah.
0: Robin Cock came on in the 40th minute. 14 minutes later, which is still in the first half, <laughs> which says how much stoppage time there was uh robin cock headbutts matthias click square in the face <laughs>
1: yes yeah we're now actively taking out our own players now
0: yeah uh matthias click currently has a golf ball underneath his right eye uh although he was out having a pizza and a beer yesterday we saw on twitter so good for him and it I was a think... Itusa uh, as well which is quite nice
1: yeah i think we've um I think before that, was that the first Raul Jimenez yellow card? Yeah, uh, well? basically,
0: I have a note here saying ignore Jimenez for now. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, we'll come back to him because we're best off just talking about all of that at once. Uh, so, yeah, click goes off. Luckily, the concussion sub-rule has been brought in. Hey, they made a change that everyone knew was a good idea, and it's working. Yeah. Uh, on comes Charlie Cresswell. Uh, Cock goes into midfield replacing the man he's just crippled. Uh, But we're like, right, this is now 45 plus 10. Just switch on for a minute or so. Anyway, quick free kick. Leeds are so asleep. I mean, Pedence runs in down the right, but there was three of them on that Mm. side who all were unmarked and any of them could have made that run. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Like Harrison's in the wall, but facing his own goal, and he still, I think, is the first to react, and he's facing the wrong way. Quick ball, uh, prevents pulls it back to Twinkow on the edge of box. Good finish goes through Sam Greenwood's legs. No, no chance for Mellier. Uh Half time, Wolves two Leeds nil. Leads have had three players go off injured. It's fair to say we've looked better.
1: Game over. <laughs>
0: I was in full Leeds United pessimism mode. Uh, the entire bar that we were in, Brotherhood in Leeds, it was good for anyone who was who was bothered, uh, was a fairly miserable place to be at halftime. The only people still creating any sort of atmosphere was a stag do, and it's because they were exceedingly drunk. But it seemed nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So... Roughly, how we, how much optimism did you have at halftime? I think I can safely say that the fact that my dad rung me up just to have a moan about how shit leads were about sums up where we were.
1: Yeah, I I was not optimistic, um, despite the fact I'd I'd happily resign myself to losing this game already. Like I'd set myself that I'd just go, look, we're going to lose this. If we get anything from it, it's a bonus. So you know. Nothing can hurt you now. And then the half time I've sat with my head in my hands. Because oh. <laughs> yeah. even though I've set myself up for disappointment, the disappointment still hurts.
0: Yeah. Um. And then we come back out. Obviously, we haven't changed anything because we only have one sub left, so you can't really. Um. It's sort of a nothing start to the second half, really. There's not much going on. And then it's about 10, it's about, no, it's, yeah, just short of 10 minutes into the half. Willy Bolly knocks quite a good long ball over the top. Charlie Cresswell comes running across, misses it completely, which it ended up leading to something good, but was a pretty bad piece of defending, to be fair. Although outside of that, I think he was pretty good.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, Jimenez chasing onto it. Melier comes off his line really well beats Jimenez to the ball, and Jimenez goes in late. I don't think he's trying to do him. I actually think he tried to pull out of it. None of those things mean that it's not a second yellow card.
1: It's the argument that you hear from a lot of people about, like, 50-50 challenges, like, yeah, the ball's there to be won. Like, yeah, that's fine, but if you don't win it, you can still get booked for that. It's a late challenge then. Like,
0: I, I have seen several Wolves fans going, he's got every right to go for that ball. And I've got, yeah. He absolutely has every right to go for that ball. But if you miss the ball and hit the gut, and hit the man, especially, and this isn't something that should be true, but it is, especially if it's a goalkeeper.
1: Mm.
0: That always makes it 15% worse in a ref's head. That's been the case for 20 years. Um, but yeah, he goes in, it's clear as day a second yellow. Um I don't think it's the worst tackle in the world. I think it's an incredibly stupid thing to do when your team's 2-0 up and dominating a game.
1: And you've already got a yellow.
0: And you're already on a yellow. And it's not like it's the first time he's got a second yellow for doing something stupid this season.
1: Yeah, just it seemed very odd as as at a point in the game where it, that ball's been cleared. You just think, just just leave it. We've we've still not really caused many problems. You know, th- there's no need for them to, to you know, it's not as if they're desperately chasing a third goal or anything like that. It, you know, everything is very comfortable for for Wolves at this point.
0: Yeah. But uh, from a Wolves' point of view, let me give them the benefit of a doubt and say that second yellow is harsh, even though I don't think it is. Devil's advocate. like right. His first yellow was a mid-shin studs-up tackle that could easily have been a red card. Very easily have been a red card. I've seen people sent off for much much nicer tackles than that. Even if we say, okay, it's just a yellow, the free kick leading to their second goal that Strout gets booked for is an absolutely blatant dive where no one touches him and he just chucks himself over. And he did the exact same thing at Ellen Road earlier this season. Mm. So, all the referee actually did was leave him on the pitch for, because of the amount of stoppage time and the and stuff, about 15 minutes longer than he should have been anyway. Maybe 30 minutes if you think the first one was a red cab. So you can hardly say, oh, he's unlucky. Also, also, Gio Moutinho put in a challenge on Stuart Dallas in this game that was, he kicked the ball, then followed through, studs up straight into Stuart Dallas's knee. We've seen a load of people get sent off for that over the last couple of years, including Liam Cooper at Man City, who did it not as dangerously.
1: Yeah. It, I and nothing, even if, nothing done.
0: No. Even if I'll be nice and say, even if I, that is as harsh second yellow, which I don't believe it is, even if that's true in terms of the quote-unquote key decisions, Wolves were the ones got the rub. Not us. Yeah. Now, That's... as for little niggly fouls and stuff, he gave shit ones in both directions. He didn't referee the game particularly well.
1: Hmm.
0: But like, how will Wolf fans, honestly? I have seen him saying it's match fixing. I have seen them saying, it's This is the worst referee in performance uh, This is a conspiracy. Fuck right off, you fucking morons. <laughs> what fucking game did you watch? <laughs>
1: No, oh, Jesus I, Christ. I, like you say, it, I don't <laughs> think it was a good refereeing performance at all, but the, the things they seem to be picking at are, are the wrong things. Yeah. But, um, well, I
0: mean, even Bruno Lage, who uh, by the end of that game was out the referee so much and screaming his head off to the extent that, he nearly, that they nearly ended up being a bit of a to-do on the touchline. I wouldn't say a scrap. That'd be pushing it too far because hmm. that's never going to happen. But, like, they're all kicking off and he's at the left and at the left and at the left. And then they ask him in the post match, and he goes, yeah, but to be honest, we completely threw that away. Because they panicked, they shipped themselves. It was their fault. Uh, and also, just to sum up our curse a little bit more, Jimenez is sent off. Great. Melier, our goalkeeper, goes off injured. On comes Christopher Klassen.
1: Another he debut. Beats-
0: And the entire fan base collectively shits themselves. Because Christopher Glasson this season has not looked good at all. He had a run of about nine games at one point, I think, where in every single game he directly screwed up for a goal. But the last sort of four games he's been a lot better. Like, not perfect, but a lot better. And against Man United in that 3-0 win on the Tuesday night was the best game I've seen him have. And he came on in this, and he had a good game, a really good game, actually. I'd go as far as saying,
1: yeah, he made a couple of good saves. He, he did well with that um, punch out from a corner when I think he goes up against Bolly and makes good contact with that.
0: Yeah, other uh, than
1: other than the tip over the bar,
0: that was probably the second best thing he did because yeah. that was very good goalkeeping.
1: There, there was there was the nervy moment of that goal kick he hit short.
0: I still maintain that was a one-two with Dallas. It was excellent time-wasting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he he did well with what he had to deal with. Hmm. But sort of by that point, Wolves were, you know, they were still creating some chances, but they weren't creating as much, at least. No, we...
0: They were still a threat, because, basically, because we're not that good defensively at the minute. They were still a threat because we've got good players. But yeah, my hope level at this point, them down to 10 men, class and on, was still not very high. I even put on our Twitter, that red card isn't worth losing Melier. Because I was ter- I've was been terrified all season about Melier getting injured. But it turns out I might have been wrong. Uh, so yeah, 63rd minute. Uh, Robin Cock plays a crossfield ball to Luke Ayling. When he hit it, it looked under-hit. When I watch it now, it still looks under-hit, but it was actually perfect.
1: <laughs> is it Ait It, is it Nori goes over? Yeah. That, I, I that.
0: still I still feel like if eight Norrie doesn't run out straight and just runs out in a slight angle, he gets there. But not going to complain. Luke Ayling takes a really good first touch. Outside at foot finish, strikes it really well, hits the post, comes back to him. Looks like the defender should beat him to it, but he doesn't, because Luke Ayling, one thing that you Always have, especially in situations like this, he will just try his bollocks off. Mm. Gets there first, cleared off the line, comes to Jack Harrison, volleys it home, and suddenly, hope. And I think that something happened in Wolves players' brains where they, this is where they fully ship the bed.
1: Yeah, the, the, you know, Wolves are a very solid defensive team. And you'd have thought at that point, right? Let's just let's just shut up shop. You know, let sort of revert back to five at the back almost. Yeah, just
0: just play kind of a five four and push one of the wingers on a bit.
1: Yeah, um, like I said, they don't concede a lot of goals. The the kind of a poor man's Chelsea's Mourinho in, it, in its original form. Of that, right? We'll score, right? We can see this game out now, you know. Um, and for the most part, they've done it.
0: Yeah. Weirdly, well, one of the only times we didn't was Ellen Road.
1: Yeah. They. But, <laughs> but God! Yeah, they they went. It, and it, honestly, I, th- I think our most attacking threat was Luke Gailey. Like, I, th- I thought I thought oh, he was definitely. probably the 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 impetus of most of our most of our attacks.
0: Yeah, as I, he, I go, through, he's involved
1: we... in all three goals.
0: Yeah. I um, I haven't even thought about the second goal, really, when I was thinking about that, but he eats him again. So, yeah, 66th minute, very soon after, Wolves are visibly panicking. They also seem very distracted by Stuart Dallas being laid out on the floor. Uh, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Wolves are panicking now. Ealing plays a great cross. It's such a good ball from deep. Dan James... With what you don't often get to see, a first-time weak foot volleyed lob, which hits the post and would have been an unbelievable finish if it had gone in. Mm. Uh comes back out, James gets there again. Uh Jose Sar's off his line well. Well, he's already off his line. He sort of chases across well. Uh makes a good save, goes up into air. Romaine size can clear, but just slices it straight up in the air. Sam Greenwood holds him off well.
1: The strength.
0: I- And I don't know if it's just a first touch that goes a bit off or it's a ball inside, but I'm giving him the credit that he meant to flick this ball inside.
1: That's a lovely touch into the path of Rodrigo. Lovely
0: little touch inside. Rodrigo's alive to it. I mean, there's like four defenders around him and the goalkeeper, and he's so much quicker than all of them. He's just switched on and all of them are not. Goes around the keeper. Cody's on the line, so he hasn't actually got much room to do it, but he gets plenty of power on it, and crucially, he lifts it slightly off the ground, Mm. just to make it more difficult to clear, hammers it in at the near post, bedlam absolute bedlam, like the celebration looks amazing there's a picture floating around um, of Rodrigo looking as comfortable in the arms of another man as I've (laughs) ever seen a human look (laughs) as he's having a cuddle (laughs) off someone in the front row and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It really, when... it really is. When he holds me in his arms, I feel safe. That is how he looks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's um, yeah. When he when his tails up, he, he's a he's a completely different player as Rodrigo. I think kind of saw that in the Norwich game that when he's when he's up for it, and and I think we saw both sides of it in this game. You know, him and Bamford uh when it was him and Bamford up front at the start, I th- I think he looked alert and I think once once that once they Bamford had gone off and once they'd made the, the change he kind of sort of went almost like introverted almost as a as a footballer. Yeah. Um but yeah the, the the his his awareness for for that for that chance I, I question Jose Sarr's positioning He's he's gone out for that original ball in, or for the lob, sorry. And then sort of, instead of going back to his goal, he he stays pretty much outside his six-yard box, or sort of level with his six-yard box, and just runs across. So as Rodrigo's getting there, he's still three, four yards out of his goal.
0: Yeah, and it's one of them weird ones, because he didn't even nearly get there. He was so far behind that the only thing he could have possibly succeeded in doing was fouling Rodrigo. Yeah. If he'd have got there, he'd have just kicked him because he was nowhere near in time to get the ball. Um, yeah, it was an, it was a massive moment. The, uh, the bar we were in went mental. The ground went absolutely mental. And then we had sort of 25 minutes where... It was a very odd game. I couldn't say Leeds were playing well. Like, it was just a really bitty, weird game at this point. They had a few attacks. Klassen made a couple of saves, but they were fairly simple ones because the big saves were after. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of simple saves. The punch Cliff from the was very good. Uh, there was only one really big chance for Leeds. Um, was it Rodrigo that got in down the left and crossed for Dan James? Or no, it's was it Harrison. Dallas down? Oh, I, I couldn't it's remember Harrison. who put the cross.
1: I think, if I remember rightly, he muscles off. I think it's Bolly. Hmm. He does really well to get away from him. He, he's played in. And, he, and again, it's another low cross towards the front post. And yeah, Dan yeah. James arrives. And at first, it looks like a, a shocking miss.
0: Yeah, but it's actually uh, it's a really good block, isn't it? Like, yeah. Was it Sice that got his toe on it, I think?
1: I think it's Sais and Jose Sara both out to it. Yeah, um, but
0: like it actually because at first it looked like he just skied it, but I think he kept it down quite well. I think it would have probably gone in without the block. It was a, it would have mm. been a pretty good finish. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of chances at both ends, and then the board goes up eight minutes, which uh, I, I believe I just, does mean
1: just that before, just before stoppage time, the the was the Rodrigo corner. Oh that one. Right. I heard
0: everyone go mental about this, but I just happened to take a drink of my pint. So I didn't really see what
1: happened. <laughs> ah, the the magic of Rodrigo just placing the corner down and just passing it to a Wolves player. Just <laughs> Apropos of nothing, it's a corner. He's literally under no pressure and he just he couldn't have played a better pass to 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 anyone. I don't think, yeah. and just solid six seven yard pass. Just there you go. Um, and I think fortunately, we I think we actually won. We actually got a throw in our corner out of recovering the ball from that. But it was yeah. it was dreadful. Um, because I think about the resulting corner Jack Harrison took, and he had that chance where he had to do a bit of lovely oh, yeah. footwork and then curls the shot across goal. Yeah, decent
0: effort from distance. That was the one where the commentary called him Dallas for the entire bit. Yes. They said it like three times in 15 seconds. In fact, probably less than 15, probably about eight or nine. Um, But yeah, then win a free kick. You know what? I haven't actually looked, but it was a left foot free kick. So I'm going to assume it was Harrison. Um... It must have been.
1: Yeah, very deep in swinging free kick. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a bit. To be honest, as much as it gets headed back, you'd probably say slightly too deep.
1: I would go as far as to say it's a poor free kick.
0: Yeah, but in, in, in
1: the ninetieth minute, yeah,
0: Luke Ealing gets around the back, heads it back, heads it back into the middle, does well, and more importantly, makes sure to get back in and get back on side. Because it would be very easy to make that header and then just think, "Ah, right, I've done my bit." But he doesn't. He gets back in. Stroud is sort of in a battle goes to control it, it sort of bobbles around a bit and it bounces up, and Luke Ehrling is very alive to it, takes a really good touch inside, and suddenly he's got the freedom of the penalty area about eight yards out. It, it was as if... Wolves just seem to completely dissipate. Yeah. Uh, and in the way that you want a defender to do it, really, just puts his laces through it.
1: And I think it actually goes through Sal's legs. But Yeah, he keeps it low. I, I watched that, and I think if Timo Pukki had done that last week, it would have been too all. Yeah. Like I think if he hits it the same way, it, it goes under Melier. Mm.
0: But, yeah, just laces it, fruit legs, and then absolute pandemonium in the downs. Absolute pandemonium in the bar, because they have confetti cannons.
1: <laughs> There's confetti cannons going off. There's beer down the back of my legs.
0: Yeah, beer everywhere. I was glad I was wearing a black shirt. Um, oh God! It was. I. It wasn't just that it's a comeback from two 0 down, and but and we haven't had a comeback win all season. Mm. We've had a couple where they've got back to level, and there's been a couple where we've got back to level. But I don't think there's been a single game, but we've won from behind. Yeah, off the top of my head. Um, yeah, and it was that I also really did not see it coming. But what? A result. I mean, it wasn't over. There was still seven minutes left. And Klassen makes one quite good save from a shot from distance where he pushes it out wide to left. And then there's one really good save where it is right above his head, but it struck very well. Mm. And he tips it over. It was a really, really, really good save. And I was delighted for him because hopefully that'll get his confidence up. Because, I mean, he, he got in the Norway squad a year and a half ago. So, like, he must have the ability, it just needs to get his head right. Um, it's an unbelievable result. I could, it, I, I was so delighted. And the question comes now, KC Are we now not fucked? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's gonna get very parks and wreck this at some point. This is it's gonna be vote now. Are we not not fucked? <laughs> are we fucked but still fine <laughs> can we unfuck being fucked <laughs> by the love of fuck like um we're in a very good position yeah you know, we, we with these next two games we've given ourselves a very good chance to pull away
0: yeah i mean we are we're seven points clear of watford who are 18th and watford they've only got one game on us. We are eight points clear of Burnley, who have three games in hand, but it's Burnley. They're not going to win three. Yeah. I would think. And, you know, like it's, it's very unlikely anyway, that they're going to do that. Norwich are gone, basically. Um, I mean, we, again, we've played a game more. But we're only one point behind Brentford and two points behind Newcastle. Think of how good a run Newcastle have had. Like, yeah. And, and what are our next two games? Southampton at home, Watford away. That is, that is just huge. We, if we can get that.
1: I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking at Burnley's fixtures here. Um it's not the toughest run of fixtures out of anyone at that end the only team in the certainly in the top four they've got is is man city mm. um but they you know they've got uh west ham in there still to play they've got to play aston villa got to play spurs got to play newcastle um yeah
0: i mean, i honestly think that that first game back second of april is going to be, like, we could be in, if we can get a result there, we could be in such a strong position. Because on 2nd of April, we're at home to Southampton, Burnley are at home to Manchester City, Watford are away at Liverpool. Yeah. If we beat Southampton, there is a very real chance that we're 11 points clear.
1: Yeah, I mean, the other one I'm I'm still looking at as well is, is Everton, who...
0: Everton have got... A, aren't their fixtures quite difficult?
1: Uh, just just to run through them quickly. I know there's been a couple postponed still, so they've they've still got Watford to play and Palace to play, which have just been postponed. Um, so there's no date for them yet. The ones that are set are West Ham away, Burnley away, Scum at home, Leicester at home, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home, Leicester again, uh, Brentford, and then Arsenal on the last day of the season.
0: Yeah, so so we've got Arsenal scum, Liverpool, and Chelsea,
1: and West Ham. they're, yeah. well, you know, they're all. I mean,
0: don't get me wrong we we've got we've still got to play Arsenal, Chelsea, and Man City. Mm. So it's not just them, but obviously we're the ones with the extra points on the board. It 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 does in theory quite well. I mean, I'm by no means we, by no means out of it at all. But I mean, we are it, in. We are in. The difference in position from, like, just basically ten minutes before the Norwich game to now.
1: Yeah. Is I, I mean Watford have just looking at their fixtures. Well, they've got Chelsea, Man City, and Liverpool to play as well. Yeah. So. It's just a case of just trying to match the other team's results now more than anything. uh, You know, ideally, I think if we win the next two, we're we're pretty much there.
0: Yeah, like well, everyone has sort of been saying, both with models and people that do that, and also just the likes of gut feeling. Thirty-five has been the number, haven't it? That everyone's been saying you'll be. I'd be amazed if anyone went down with thirty-five points, and if we won them two, we'd be on thirty-five points. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying we will. I mean, I'm definitely wouldn't be go be as confident as that. But
1: I mean, I mean, the, the games you that you would describe as winnable. I'm not saying by any means we will win them, but Southampton, Watford, Palace. Brighton and Brentford. Palace away is quite tough, but it's winnable,
0: definitely.
1: The, uh, yeah, the, the, I mean, the, they are a mid-table Premier League team. The, 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 I quite yeah. like Palace. I quite like what Vieira's done with them, but they're not, mm. it, you know, they're not invincible. Brighton, if if you can score against them, I think you've you've got a chance.
0: And also, like, because of that second-last day, that's going to be a Brighton side with nothing to play for.
1: Yeah. And, and,
0: and I know that I know that we all, it does mean there's no pressure on them as well. But you've seen it at the end of seasons, teams that are down at the bottom beating the team in twelfth and 13, that sort of result is quite common.
1: Yeah, I mean, Palace are, Palace are nowhere near Europe at this point, so they're not playing for anything. Um, I, I, like by the time we get there, if things stay roughly as they are. I'd imagine both Brighton and Brentford won't have a lot to play for. Um, hopefully, Man City have the league tied up in a couple of weeks because Liverpool have just stopped playing.
0: Uh, yeah, but uh, Man-, <laughs> Man City aren't, aren't going to let us win anymore because uh, his hero doesn't manage us anymore. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, He'll it- be like, no, I put seven past Bielsa, so we have to put eight past this American guy. <laughs>
1: So, shall I look at Norwich's fixtures? No, nah. they're bad.
0: Nah. Uh, I don't know exactly what the odds are, but I believe last time I checked, they were like one to a hundred to go down. Yeah. But that... the last time that I looked, Leeds, I looked and put it on Twitter, like, and put, look, the bookies have just dropped us to third favourite to go down. And we were like six to four, and Burnley were 13 to eight. So it was quite tight. But I believe I looked after the... Um, Last night, not last night, night before, game was Friday, um, and we were seven to two, fifth favourites, and that's a big difference in percentage. Like that's a really big difference in percentage. Um, I really do think that that's that's the week, that six days Norwich Wolves that we'll be looking back at end of season, provided we don't make a complete bollocks of it. If we stay up, that's going to be the six days we will look at. Yeah, you know, that that was massive, because it isn't just that we won. You know, we we beat Norwich at home. That shouldn't be that big a deal, but it was, and we no one expected us to win at Wolves, really. It's not just that we won; it's that we won when both results could have so easily been worse, and with both we won them both with stoppage time winners.
1: Yeah, and especially with and
0: we won them both. Also, like. You know, Gellart scoring a winner. But I know that he's a first-team player for us now, but he's still a young kid. They didn't score the goals against Wolves, but we had Classen, Cresswell and Sam Greenwood on the pitch, who between them had played like... I think Cresswell's played one full game and a few, few sub-appearances. Sam Greenwood had had like 20 minutes against Arsenal. Yeah, and, and
1: the, Classen, FA, and the and, FA Cup tie last year.
0: Yeah, and Classen... I hadn't played the first in game for us yet in any competition. Mm-hmm. So to come, it was a bit like that West uh, that West Ham game, where you know you're not expecting us to win. They just work the bollocks off, and even though we've got Lewis Bate who's, who's barely had a kick and Yelda playing, we still managed to grind out a win. Weirdly, three two as well. There's been some big results, and but this week was so huge.
1: Yeah, it's was is it? is this our first back-to-back wins of the season? I
0: think so. I couldn't yeah. swear to it, but I think so.
1: I th- and I think I think the other thing that deflated a lot of people was obviously Everton winning the night before. It deflated me. I was fucking fuming. Yeah, yeah just, <laughs> especially you know, with them having ten men. When you're watching, when you see that, and you just think, oh. I, I wouldn't again if it had happened the night before the the Wolves game, or uh, sorry, before the the Watford game or um, Southampton, I don't think it felt so bad, but going into that, you're thinking, God, they're going to be, you know, only a couple of points behind us now. And probably only, you know, four points off relegation either. Getting a bit nervous. Um, But no, it it seems to have calmed the nerves a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Now we've got an international break, which in theory, as much as I don't like international breaks, it's very well-timed. Because, obviously, we we had Cooper and Phillips back on the bench. So you would think in two weeks, they should be good to go. Gellhart's got a slight injury. He should be good to go. If we're taking what Jesse Marsh said post-match at first value, it sounds like Bamford at the very least should be good to go. We haven't even mentioned that Rafinha was out of his game with COVID.
1: Yeah, that was that was a a late rumor that was that was going around Friday, I think. Yeah, and then, I, and then I don't know when to be it started.
0: Yeah, I don't know when it started, but I'd heard it a few hours before the game. Um. So, but he'll be back. I mean. Sorry, Raf. I know that you want to and everything, and it's good for your career. But I hope he doesn't go away with Brazil. I hope they just go no, stay at home.
1: Yeah, it's for you the know, best. You're, you're know, getting in that. You're getting in that World Cup squad anyway.
0: And Brazil have already qualified. They are already in. Just let him stay here. Let him have some training with us, getting used to the system. In the same way that Click. I mean, now he's got the concussion; he would have had to pull out of the squad anyway. But he isn't going with Poland because it's better for him to be here because they've only got friendlies. Um, like Juventus didn't sound too serious, so he should be available. Although I am starting to think that first absolute first choice, I'm not sure he's in the team anyway. Um one that I would mention, uh, i will mention this because uh mate of ours, Alex Benison, has put in in the comments would Calvin Phillips start the next game, or is it too early to risk him? Especially after seeing what happened with Banford, if Phillips is fit enough to start, which in two weeks you think he would, I would think he replaces Foschier.
1: Sure. Yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah, I think you'd probably go with Phillips and and click in the middle.
0: Yeah, and um, the other thing that the thing that made me remember to go back to that comment from earlier is. Just this last few games, and I still think in terms of talent is the best centre back at the club. Pascal Stroud has been pretty poor this last few games. So if Cooper's fit, I could see the, I can definitely see the argument for bringing him back in. He, I, I wonder if oh, it's so weird to say because obviously Cooper does have a mistake in him. We all know it, but everyone around him seems calmer when he's there.
1: Yeah, he, he certainly has a presence in the defense. If that's the yeah. I know he's not your your atypical screaming at everyone type captain, but I do think um, I do think he does keep things a lot, you know, a lot tighter at the back. Um, I, th- I thought, yeah, outside of the mistake, I thought Irente looked more comfortable especially bringing the ball out I, I thought it was looked a lot more reckless against wolves than it than it has done mm. at other points this season um but yeah I suppose you can go in any direction there with with that with those two central defenders at the moment cause there's not anyone who's playing particularly well enough that you'd say you can't drop them mm.
0: yeah it's a it's a weird one obviously it- there's no point really talking in detail about any changes and stuff because we we will... I don't know when it will be because of work and stuff, but we will do another pod before the next game. Um, but if we could get through this international break, just get players back. Give Marsh a couple of weeks. to. Because at the minute, this system isn't what he wants, you can tell. It's like mm. the shape is, but the pressing isn't. There, yeah, and it's we don't look comfortable. It's sort of a weird mix where there's still some BLC things going on. And you we've got to speak that out. And it well, the problem well, we've said before though, as much as they're so diff although the main similarity is press, it's so different. You can't do some of one and some of the other because they're basically incompatible because one of them is about playing wide and one of them's about playing narrow. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they can do with a couple of weeks. And hopefully that couple of weeks can give us like the best version of what we're going to see. Um, I did just have a look because the under 23s are playing right now. They're still one nil down to Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea are in the relegation zone, so that would not be a great result, but I don't know how strong the teams are. Uh Joe, I'm just looking at Joe Donahue's Twitter because he's down there covering it. And he's saying that we got done by a good piece of counter-attacking. But it's been like a competitive game all over the pitch. So it doesn't sound like they're getting outplayed or anything. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, we don't have exactly the strongest team out. Because there's no Cresswell. And, I mean, Gellart's not even there anymore. But there's obviously no Greenwood because he played. Uh, Bate was back in which was good to see because he went off injured against Man United in 23s so I wasn't sure how fit he'd be but hopefully they can win because they've got themselves about six points clear at relegation zone if they could have won this because Chelsea are in the relegation zone it probably got them into a strong position as well so they could really do with an equaliser at least
1: okay, I did just go through some of Joe Don Hughes tweets at the moment and it's just saying despite the fact Chelsea are unable to sell tickets there is a small Leeds United away following at Stamford Bridge <laughs> they always find a way. Uh yeah, I'm trying to see if there's if we can find any team news, because for whatever reason that and I don't know if it's because of the clash with Premier League games, the they don't even post the team.
0: Oh did they not? I, I mean I know I I retweeted the team off our account earlier. Uh so yeah. I'll be able to find it fairly quick. Uh yeah, it was Van der Herveling goal. Back four of Sutcliffe at right back, Kenner and Mullen at centre back, McCann left back, Bate and Jenkins in the middle of midfield. And then it looks like, from the way that this would be set up, probably Miller and well, it's got Bate, Jenkins, and Gray in it. So it looks like four, two, three, one, maybe McKinstry right, Miller left, Gray at 10, Max Dean up top. Yeah. Uh, bench, Harry, uh, Christine McGurk, jo- um, Matteo Joseph, Charlie Allen, Snow- Joe Snowden. So hopefully they can get an equaliser later on. Um, have we got anything else that we need to talk about, mate? Other than just going, oh my God, I can't believe we won that. He's signing it, he's signing it, I can't believe it.
1: Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, apart from the fact, well, uh, Palace have just made it 4-0. Yeah, it's it, it's very fickle. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. the, uh, the I albion... mean, I'm always
0: ha- I am always happy to see Frank Lampard's team getting battered, but
1: <laughs> the the albino child has, has scored Will Hughes.
0: Yeah,
1: um, um,
0: FM wonder kid Will
1: Hughes. Yeah.
0: Um, conspiracy
1: no. theory pushed by Miles Jacobson that he was going to be the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, we um, obviously we've we've got them a couple of wins. God, if we could beat Southampton, we would be in such a strong position. But can we just have, like, a 2-0 win? <laughs> just where we score after 15 and 49 minutes. <laughs> no. No, nah, it's just not We don't really do wins.
1: clean sheets, do we? Even when...
0: oh, Jesus, mate. I know, I know it was exciting, but I didn't mean it got you that excited. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, the, the biggest worry, I suppose, from what Marsh said was that they were sort of waiting on what Melier is like. Because it, it looked like a hip. I'm hoping it was just impact. And he'll be yeah. all right by then. But I mean, by all means, don't send him away with France's under-21s.
1: That seems just, like a good idea. I don't I wouldn't just, send any of them on international duty.
0: Yeah, none of them. You can't just, none of just, you can go. Just we're not what? even letting like Greenwood and Bait and everyone go with under twenties. No.
1: <laughs> nah, that's fine. We'll just keep them all back. Be fine. Yep. It's what Jurgen Klopp wants to do. Yeah. Stop all the international football. Yeah. Cut out the League Cup. 12 substitutions allowed per game.
0: Yeah, that would uh, that would help football, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, I reckon that'll do us for episode 148. God, that was a fucking hell of a win. We really, really needed that. You can just feel everyone is in a better mood. So, I've been Jack. See you.
1: I've been Casey. Have a good one.
0: In a bit.